With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hello, listener. Welcome to this gameplay pod. We're going to be talking about the impact of patches, reviewing squad foundation players, icons, as well as bringing you tips on creating chances, pressing, and plenty more. I'm your host, Ben. You're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from, and made possible by the pod's patron supporters. Hello and welcome to week 10 of the Foot Weekly Podcast, a gameplay pod for you on this one, as pretty much always have with me, YouTube legend and uh, you know, a man who knows his FIFA gameplay, Air Japes FIFA. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Ben. Glad to uh, hear that you still believe in my ability as a FIFA player. <laughs> I haven't seen any evidence on stream, but I'm, I'm sure it's still there. Yeah, I usually just play to like the rank three rewards, I'd say. And that seems to be like very, very simple, very easy to get to. And then I go on with the rest of my weekend. So do you do your playoffs during the week as well? Yeah, I do playoffs during the week. I usually I usually have to try to like rush them in on Thursdays, though, because I forget about them. Yeah, well, that's a good chance for me to remind people do play your playoff matches later in the week, Thursday, Friday, if you're struggling. Said that before seems to have helped a lot of people and uh, just a reminder to do that. It makes sense because you can't enter once you've qualified. Um, but we may talk about this more in a bit. Let's uh, bring in our next guest, who is Matt for trading, a trader, but at the top level gameplay wise as well. Are you back in the elite division already? Yep, elite division, rank one last week in champs. You know, only the best, Ben. Only the best. <laughs> of course, yeah. And talking <laughs> of the best, we have top NA player Hubert back on the gameplay pod again. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I am not yet back into the elite division. I was actually away for a week, so I'm still working my way back up. But I did manage to do both playoffs and secure rank one in about four hours of gameplay yesterday. So it was a uh, rather efficient. Yeah, it really is a difficult thing to get through the playoffs, basically, and then 
once you get in there, play on a Sunday night, you might not even have to win a game because there'll be gifted wins, things like that. It's kind of a crazy system in some ways. And I wanted to start off though with something that we do sometimes on the Gameplay Pod and uh, wanting to bring it in more because it's an opportunity for people to talk about players they've been using that aren't recent content, but people can still potentially go out and pick up. I think that's always uh, interesting on the Gameplay Pod. So we will start with some reviews. Matt, all your players, of course, are first owners, so you may have an interesting one for us here. Yeah, I'm going to go for someone that is due some upgrades from the uh, UEFA Europa Conference League, and it's that ah. right-back Hamari Traore. Now, I know a lot of people, they look at right-backs in League 1, and they go to one man and one man only, Mr. <laughs> Rakimi himself. And I've been rocking a 3-5-2 for the past few weeks, and... I actually packed Hakimi recently through the League SBC grind and I'm still going back to Hamari Traore. I don't know what it is, but this man, he just, he is so good for me as a right mid in a 3-5-2. He just, he just, he's got some insane crossing stats, it feels like. I play him with a powerhouse, which improves his crossing to 91, uh, his vision to 87. And he's, he just does everything for me. He's quick, defensively, he feels solid. He's really, really good physically, I feel like. And he's pushing Hakimi out of the team. So clearly he's doing something right. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. And uh, what about you, Hugh? Anyone you've been using you'd like to give a little mention? Yeah, I definitely give a shout out to the road to the knockouts, Tap Soba. If you have him, he's probably going to get a double upgrade and he's already very good. Um, I would just point out that he doesn't have a lot of good tradable strong links. So I went ahead and picked up an inform Hideki. I don't need to use him right now for Kem, but I just stuck him in my club because he feels like one that at some point will get bought up to use as fodder and he'll be like 40k or extinct or something like that. And mm-hmm. when you'll actually need that link, you won't be able to get him. So if you have Tapsoba or you're going to get him, I would just go ahead and pick up Inform Hideki for like 20k just so you have him. Worst case, you can probably sell him for more as fodder later on. Yeah, carried me in-game and to a pound for pound as well. So uh, definitely a special place in my heart. But I wanted to mention myself, someone who's an objective player at the moment, the Aribe, the Colombian Porto midfielder, who I completed pretty much as soon as he was released because he's a strong link to one of my favorite players on the game, Tecatito Coronas, uh, rule breakers. So I had to pick him up and give him a go and was really pleased actually. It was quite easy to do the objectives, I think, because the Erdovisi teams were not as strong as the team I was able to build. Um, people also seem to be not building very strong teams relative to what you can build. Remember, you can put all 65 rated silvers on the bench, which makes quite a big difference to the quality of first team you can go for. In terms of Aribe himself, initially used him with a basic chemistry style, which I felt worked okay. His short passing, long passing felt good. He felt good on the ball. But actually, I switched him to a shadow just to get more out of his defensive stats and also boost up that pace too. And that didn't seem to impact his dribbling and passing too much. Still felt really good there. The 91 reactions, which is a great positive, actually, a lot of these Liga Portugal players, they have quite good reactions compared to the Erdovisie players. Combining with... The 96 interceptions with Shadow and the 97 stamina as well just meant he was making great interceptions, I felt, throughout the match. Playing in the CDM pivot role, basically, he seemed to do the job excellently. I think he's better than Onyeka, for sure, who's quite a pricey card, actually, um, with the high, high work rates. If you have him on stay back, he did stay back. I think he is more suited to a holding role. He's maybe not got the ability on the ball to be so effective as a box-to-box. He doesn't carry the ball quite as well as maybe you want, um, but he's a solid enough player in all areas and he's 
got good shooting actually. So yeah, someone I would definitely recommend and uh, yeah, give him a go. He's not too hard to get hold of either. Japes, who have you got for us? I'll go an expensive player and a not so expensive player. Mm-hmm. I've been like trying to find an icon to compliment Griezmann and Benzema in my squad. And I lost a ton of coins just like cycling through players. And I finally landed on mid Raul is a beast. Like he's he's just like Griezmann for me in the sense of like you look at his stats and you're like, yeah, he's got great all around stats. But he really does, doesn't he? I mean, he does have really good stats, actually. Yeah, but I mean, but but you look at him and you compare him to some of the other cards, Ben, and you look at his face card stats like on the card and you're like, yeah, it's all right. Mm. But he is, he, you know, he has all the traits. He doesn't have the outside the foot, but he's got finesse. And he is just right place, right time. A really, really fantastic card. Just like really fun, phenomenal to play with. Easily one of my favorite icons that I've used this year. So we'll give mm. him a shout. And then the other player, less expensive. I packed him in like an untradeable, one of those upgrade packs. Uh, the Rule Breakers, Kessie. Oh, yeah, yeah. From AC Milan. So having mm-hmm. him untradeable has been fun. Am I convinced that he's better than Frankie de Jong? No. Am I convinced that he's better than Marcos Llorente? No. But he is a fun card to use, and he is really, really good. So I, you know, I'll give a shout to him if you're running a Serie A squad. The other thing I'd say is like his passing is phenomenal, like really, really underappreciated card. And I think if you wanted to use him more as a box-to-box midfielder and less as a true CDM, that seems to be where he shines for me. Mm. What comes to on Raul, just out of interest? I'm using Hunter. Yeah, I was going to say that probably makes most sense. Doesn't you need, it? Yeah. yeah, you got to get that extra, that little pace bit of extra pace yeah. on him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah, no, that's a good suggestion. I hadn't looked at his stats for a while and I forgot how good he is. Right, let, let's move into some more general chat. Now, uh, we want to talk about a bit about our you know, tactic systems we might be using, but I thought I would ask this question because it is related to that. And that comes in from Two Left Foot. He says, does the panel have a specific tactic set up to apply pressure at the end of a game if they're up against someone holding the ball and a narrow lead? Or is it pause, set constant pressure on your normal tactic? Um, yeah, this is an interesting question. Um, Hugh, what, what do you tend to do? Yeah, I do have kind of a go-to late tactic, my three four two one, which I will use constant pressure on. But um, sometimes if I feel like my attacking formation is doing well enough i just need to get more pressure then i'll just pause and put constant pressure on whatever i'm using already i do think it's generally good to make sure that you have some sort of coverage in wide areas because i've noticed like for example if someone is doing the same thing to me trying to go constant pressure and they are like running narrow that i can just play it out to my fullback completely unmarked Mm. and then he has to drag someone out to mark the fullbacks and someone else is open so i would probably say if you're going to go uh, constant pressure just at least make sure you have like i don't know four triple two four three two one three five two something like that so you have some players in wide areas or else people are just going to pass it around you and you'll just drain all your stamina mm, yeah i suppose matt we should ask you as someone who's holding the ball <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm never gonna let, this down, uh, let us know what you do against people holding the ball yeah i mean i always like to have a a constant pressure tactic on my you know attacking ultra attacking defensive the, the presets mm. only reason being if you're playing someone that's you know a really really good person at holding the ball like myself <laughs> they're not going to give you the chance to pause so i think it's really key that you do have a tactic ready to go so that you don't have to pause 
again, that can be in the current formation that you're using. I use a 3-5-2, and I find that's quite good for applying a lot of pressure. I've got the two strikers that can that can press. So if, I, if I'm pressing centre-backs, for example, I can use the constant pressure to press the ball with one, switch to the other striker, press another centre-back like that. You also have the wingers that obviously step up onto the full-backs that can be quite good. Um, I find, though... Whenever I play someone that uses a 4-4-2 constant pressure tactic, I find it really difficult to play out. Formation mm. is so annoying. I know. You can't play out against it because you've got the two strikers that press. You've got the wingers that op- occupy your wide players. You've got two center mids that also press as well, just cover the center. And if you try and go long, you've got their two center backs and their two full backs that can win the ball back really easily. So I think that's maybe something to experiment with if you want to you know put a 442 constant pressure tactic on from experience it's really really difficult to play out against it you know if you're trying to pass out from it all the options feel like they're covered and if you try and play long you've got four players in a line at the back that can quite often uh win the win the header and then win that second ball so that's something mm. that i'd recommend just uh testing out if you are struggling to win the ball back yeah that makes sense and james what about you in terms of late game trying to press your opponent what setup are you going for i been that i just never end up in those situations <laughs> uh no i'm kidding i i think i play like um four three three four if i really am yeah, yeah, yeah trying to do it put the like fullbacks on joint attack so they're pressed way up the problem there is like depending on the opponent's formation, sometimes it becomes very easy for them to play like the ball to one of their, if their CB is good at passing, if they're, you know, outside backs good at passing, they can just play a over the top through ball to the opposite wing. And your whole team just like, is like, Oh, what happened? Mm. I'm going to change the subject here, but I hate that we're having to have this conversation because it's not that I don't think, I suppose it's like a value. There's like, sometimes you got to like grind games out, but it just is like another form of, where the mindset of the community has just entirely shifted to abusing game mechanics. Well, actually, yeah, this is something that I was going to mention later on because we really see this honeymoon period end around this time in the cycle ways and people start saying all the patches have changed the game really significantly and that's why it doesn't feel like it did in the early stages of the cycle. When actually a lot of changes, people wise up to the mechanics, they get better players who are better at those mechanics and top level players like yourself, you will be able to see that in the early stages because of the types of players, very competitive players they're playing against. So it's not a change in the game, it's a change in behavior, basically. Yeah, I certainly uh, share some of the same frustrations with the mechanic abuse and things. I think that every year we kind of lie to ourselves that, oh, this year, this is so different and you can use Harry Kane up top and it won't even <laughs> matter. And I think that's just because people that don't at the beginning don't have good players to counter it and they don't know the meta to stop it. And as soon as, you know, like a, a few weeks or a month or two in, it becomes pretty apparent that, you know, FIFA is kind of FIFA. There there are changes every year to specific things, but I think that we kind of hit a point where people feel let down because they thought things were so different, but they never really are. And I don't necessarily mean that in like a super negative way, just that, you know, to an extent, like, like, what did you expect that like pace wouldn't matter anymore? Like, mm. if you're if you want to do that, then play it and enjoy it. And, you know, but I don't think there. I think that often people are frustrated because the expectations of certain aspects are unrealistic. Obviously, mechanic abuse is different like that. That's just annoying. I, I don't get it. Why people enjoy that. 
So Th this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't care at all about the pace, but when every corner that you come up against in weekend league is an attempt at that back post glitch, mm. right? Where you play it short, play it to the top of the box, try to cross it in for an open header at the back. When everybody, that's the only thing people are trying. And every time they get out wide or get it, pass it to their striker, it's ball roll, scoop turn, ball roll, scoop turn, mm. right? To abuse these single elements in the game every single time, like in every single opportunity, it's just like, ex it's exhausting, right? Because you don't feel like you're playing a proper game because you're like, oh, I need to defend against this one specific mechanic, yeah. right? I'm not trying mm -hmm. to defend my opponent anymore. I'm trying to defend against a broken mechanic in the game, and that's a problem. Well, that's what I find quite bizarre about people blaming patches for changing the game because the patches have been, in my opinion, very lightweight in terms of what we might have seen in past FIFAs, and maybe that's because of the live tuning update potential, so they uh, feel they can change things in a slightly different way. And we talked about a more softly, softly approach actually being positive in some ways. But clearly there are concerns mechanically in the game that are exploitable, things like the corners that we mentioned, through balls or the defensive response to through balls, the short pass, driven pass, balancing issue that needs looking at and addressing because they're exploitable mechanics, essentially. So this is actually me in the future because, funnily enough, they have actually released live tuning update number two. These live tuning updates are new things I've added this year, which allow them to update the game without having to run it through PlayStation and Xbox, so it's quicker. In that, you can see that they have slightly increased the ball speed of ground passes, which means that they are going to compete now with driven passes, and driven passes are probably not going to be the go-to over shorter distances, which is good to see, although driven passes still as strong. Uh, there's no nerf to them in this, if you like. They've also made changes to finesse shots to make them uh, faster as well. And that's from closer range, pretty much just outside and inside the box are going to be more effective, increasing ineffectiveness closer to the goal. Uh, they did tweak finesse shots and do a similar thing in the last live tuning update, I believe it was. And I guess this is just taking it a step further. Interesting to see how all this develops. And they've increased the amount of time that the team press D-pad tactic is active for from 15 to 20 seconds. And they've decreased the cooldown timer for the team D-pad tactic from 120 to 100 seconds. We spoke about the team press on D-pad previously, and it actually isn't particularly useful because of the delay between pressing the button and when the team starts pressing. It's better to go with a custom tactic, which has constant pressure on it. That's more effective. Um, but still, it's good to see these gradual changes happening. Uh, let's get back into the pod. And the thing is, those exploitable mechanics that people see need working on, need patches and in the past i think because of the community response to patches saying that it had ruined the game that kind of thing they wanted to take a much more softly softly approach they couldn't because they could only do title updates which took a while to go through now they can do the live tuning updates so there's an advantage in some ways and they can be more softly softly as i've been saying but i think they really haven't been any significant uh, patch to the game in terms of gameplay compared to what we would see in the past and people have said that the gameplay has been ruined by patches. So to me, it's quite obvious that it's just a change in the nature of the way people play, people finding these mechanics and things, and then circulating more than actually patches certainly ruining the game. I think it's the opposite almost. I completely agree with what you just said, Ben. I think it's an easy cop-out, isn't it? We can easily just say, oh, game's changed, patch, when, yeah, maybe a couple of things have changed. You know, finesses maybe aren't as... As effective. Yeah, so, from yeah. long range, right? Because that's what they, they changed after they were so effective at the very start. Yeah, I can, I can understand, you know, a different shift in play style 
maybe putting more players behind the ball, playing a bit more counter-attacking. But I think fundamentally, has the game changed that much? I don't really... Mm. like. I've had a couple of occasions where the gameplay's been a little bit inconsistent and perhaps you have those those off nights where you log on it might feel a little bit a little bit slower the animations might be a little bit a little bit more sluggish and muddy than usual but that's maybe like one night a week you know for the most part I still think the game's actually in a pretty good place is it as good as perhaps the the start of the year I don't know Again, could that just be, as you say, people now having better teams? Maybe some of the casuals starting to move away if they can't hit, you know, get into champs, for example. Are we just playing a higher quality pool of players with better teams? Is it more sweaty? Are we losing more games and going back and trying to blame the patch, whereas we're just playing these better players with slightly more defensive tactics, harder to break down tactics? I don't know. I'd uh, I'd ask that question. Mm. Yeah, it does seem likely. Hugh? Anything to add? I think the way the game is experienced is different, or maybe even you could say the way the gameplay feels, just in terms of again of what you've been saying with the way people change their style and like the improved cards. I think that EA puts a lot of work in testing the game before it comes out and early on with kind of base level players. And a lot of issues, I think, don't really become apparent until we have a lot of high-rated players. I mean, I don't know if it was last year or the year before where the gameplay was pretty good until about March, and then it just turned Mm. to absolute garbage because everyone was like 99 everything. So any sort of slight abuse mechanic was just completely amplified. And it feels like maybe we're kind of starting to creep in that direction which is then amplifying anything that in the past was kind of annoying, but not a big deal. It's something that hopefully they are looking at kind of the most broken things. I think leading into the game, they did a good job of recognizing what the pain points were last year. So like with some of the different cancels and things like that, removing those was really good. But really, I I would almost appreciate if they would just watch any sort of top level gameplay and anything that any pro player does consistently throughout a match is probably something that's broken yeah. because <laughs> yeah. obviously as their job to make money they're going to abuse anything they can so mm-hmm. ball roll scoop turn being like unstoppable going through a defender or like certain players being able to do certain things or again the, the corner glitch things like that that you know if a pro player w- is going to do that in the same thing in any given situation every time it's probably because it's way too good relative to the other options because in real life you don't do the same thing in every situation every time. And obviously we can't expect them to just constantly patch the game like after every pro event because that's just too much. But um, there are certain things that have been factors for a couple months now that hopefully they're kind of starting to see what is like a little too common. I mean, I thought the whole point of this new system that they talked about and put into place where they could quickly patch things was mm-hmm. to avoid situations like this where it would become incredibly clear, like mm-hmm. the corner thing, right? Mm-hmm that it's broken in situations like this they either don't know how to fix it or somebody doesn't think it's a problem mm. because they they put a specific tool in to do these quick patches what i'd like to know is like is this something that could be fixed by their new quick fix system or is this something more in depth that requires like a full-on patch yeah basically it seems like they're able to change the numbers so you know shot power pass power that kind of thing when it's something on a sliding scale. But if it's 
something involving animations mm. or changing something more significant they wouldn't be able to necessarily do yeah that. like a full-on like how the the corner tactic would work that you would assume that has a lot more moving parts doesn't it you know the accuracy of the cross the positioning of the players the new aerial mechanics the ai intelligence the goalkeeper movement yeah exactly yeah. there's yeah, there's a lot more to resolve there than perhaps there is with something like driven passes for example where they could just slow them down or make them less mm. accurate it's going to be a complicated fix but like in the meantime if you were to just do a live tuning update and just lower the accuracy of yeah yeah exactly yeah. crosses from that area of the pitch or something you know it's like there's got to be something they can do so no, i do agree with what, what japes is saying is that it, it shouldn't be a massive fix there is one thing that they can surely update through their live tuning systems to uh to make it less viable yeah exactly if they can't get out title update anytime soon to resolve the corner issue then surely they could do a live tuning update to reduce the crossing accuracy on logged crosses or something like that you know they could do something and actually doesn't excuse the fact that say driven passes are so effective because surely that is something that they could just reduce the accuracy on and that would make uh, things better generally but anyway we'll see how things pan out i wanted to take a break and we'll be back with plenty more gameplay tips so, listener, while I'm often told that I'm blessed with a strong beard game, it means I know better than most that not all hair on your head is created equal. Very convenient, then, that Manscaped are turning their attention to our noses and ears, some of the hardest places to keep tidy. They've just released a new product, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, and would like to offer you a discount. The waterproof trimmer offers proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. It uses a premium 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system and is the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use, and you'll get a replacement blade every three months to keep your hair removal clean and enjoyable. Free yourself from straggly hairs and clear those airways with Manscaped, who are very generously offering a great discount for pod listeners. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FOOT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code FUT. Thank you very much to Manscaped for offering the discount and let's get back into the pod. Just getting back into second half, we'll talk more about uh, gameplay advice, recommendations in a second. Just briefly wanted to touch on, Japes, you said actually, and we ended up talking about the patch, but about the increasingly competitive nature of foot, which we've talked about plenty on the podcast over the years, that it's been to the detriment of people who want to enjoy the game for a football simulation with a car collecting element almost. And Hugh, actually, it's interesting because you're someone who picked up the game foot more seriously in the last year or two and before that we were certainly casually if not maybe playing foot at all in terms of seeing that side of things do you feel like this is a committed player issue almost would you say there isn't really a like casual foot does not exist like you can play foot casually but there is no casual mode or mode for casuals like if you think oh okay i'm just not going to get myself promoted i'm going to intentionally stay in a lower division people play the same way they're just not as good at doing it it seems like there's at least a solid amount of people who would happily play a more casual fifa mode for limited or even no rewards if it meant that they were just playing like fifa ultimate team against another person who just wants to like play somewhat of a simulation not abuse whatever they can to maximize the rewards how do i describe this it's like uh i don't know if i'd call myself a hardcore player anymore I mean, I guess I am probably relative, right? Let's be realistic. I, th I think I just find myself 
wanting to feel like I could just use like a random different team in a sense without putting myself at like a huge disadvantage. I don't know. This is why I guess I play draft a lot. When you play draft, are you playing against people that abuse the mechanics still? No, not in the same way. See, I've played draft and I've I've found it very different. I'll be honest. Sure, I get a few games where, you know, I can breeze through people and get a rage quit within 15 minutes. But when I get to the third and fourth round in draft, I've played some of the sweatiest games this year in draft with people that abuse mechanics, abuse skill cancels, all this, all that. And it's it's like I'm playing, you know, my last game of champs against a pro. <laughs> like it's Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I look, it, it definitely does happen. I, I think I just find like people are playing more I guess casually because there's they're not using their main like tactics or squad. Yeah, perhaps in a sense. Mm. I don't. I I guess Rivals has been better this year though. Like to be fair, I don't mind playing Rivals. And frankly, I just if I'm playing somebody that's abusing mechanics, mm. I just quit. Well, yeah, actually, that brings up a good point because I wanted to talk about Rivals just briefly because we had this uh, question here from Davies basically saying, you know, well, I am locked out of finals because. I can't get through the playoffs. This is something that a lot of people have experienced over the last few months. There's certainly a big section of players that were playing weekend league regularly and now are locked out of a mode in a game that they've paid for, which just seems pretty crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And we talked about this on the Icon Roundtable with you know players of the game, the Icons, and we talked about it on the pod when Andy AJ3 was on. And it's definitely something that we'll be wanting to talk about again. And we already had things down for this week and I'm sure we'll cover it more in future. But what I did want to say in tying it into Rivals is I think... Basically, the system looked like it was going to be hugely positive because it would introduce more people into champs. That was their aim, basically, through playoffs, because playoffs is easier to get into than weekend league was. That would diversify the pool. But I think with the fragmentation of the player base and the fact that actually the playoffs system, the matchmaking being the same as weekend league and playoffs, doesn't really work for that because it's just not a very large sample size, nine games, actually. And theoretically, you can have someone who's like 4-4 record going into their final match to clinch, getting into the finals, facing a really good player who's coming in, starting fresh. And yeah, you can increase your chances of getting in for sure, playing on Thursday, Friday. But point being, it's not necessarily the greatest system. But also it means that finals is actually quite a weird thing anyway, because the the caliber of player, yes, it's high, but there's the gifting of wins to mess with the matchmaking. There's the fact that there's almost a kind of casualization of it because uh, you know you can lose games, but you also... I may be happy with whatever rewards you get because they're all pretty good anyway. I think there is this difference to finals this year compared to weekend league, which is very noticeable. And it doesn't, and other people think this too, I don't think it's just my opinion, it doesn't feel like weekend league did. And actually for me, it's rivals, which has been the more engaging mode in some ways, the more compelling experience, more enjoyable. And I know some people are critical of the checkpoints, but I found that they're really good opportunities to experiment, to try new things, to to kick on and improve my play in those times when the pressure isn't so much on, but an extra win, if you manage it there, can kick you on to the rewards. And I think that is the big thing. Although Rivals is, I think, really fantastic this year, works really well, maybe even better than Weekend League was before, to be honest. Maybe that's influenced by the, the scheduling and it being more flexible, but still, the one thing it certainly isn't better for is rewards. And I think that is something that seriously is an issue. 
and needs looking at. And I, I think there will be some changes, of course. There always are to these things and they develop over time, just like Weekend League did. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how things pan out and we will talk about it more. But I did want to move back into proper gameplay chat and to this question from Brammers, basically asking, how do your goals look? What chances do you tend to create and uh, how do you create them uh, so should we just run through and quickly give our setup but then also how we're creating chances in that matt do you want to start us off yeah i'm still in the 352 mm. still playing a, a sort of more advanced cdm on a balanced attack rather than stay back um and yeah just a lot of quick passing the the real benefit of the the cdm on balanced is that he's always just an option to go back to should i want to you know recycle possession against someone that's maybe controlling their cdms a bit more so i can be nice and patient with that player wait for that opening um and then use the the r1 or rb driven pass uh into the strikers and into the cam and then if you're in and around the edge of the box with three players up against two centre backs, you can likely get a little mismatch in there for some for some quick uh, passes to create those goal scoring opportunities. And uh, yeah, it's been good fun. Um, elite division with it, rank one last week playing it uh, on stream. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's been good for me. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, and actually, uh, I was going to ask what would a goal look like typically is it sort of passing quick play between the the front three triangle maybe including the wide players as well yeah it's either like an r1 driven pass into the cam or the strikers and then you know you work a little little move in the box with with those three or say someone's defending quite narrow then you've got the option to go wide to your right mid and left mid they're very very often the outside option uh, to go to and then you might play the ball to them uh, drag out the fullback and then you've got three options in the box with your two strikers and your cam to to look for a man in space for the extra pass that's something that I, I try and utilize a lot so um, yeah it's really utilizing the front five and and just looking for those little extra passes in the box those little intricate moves and getting those high percentage chances on goal I usually have like a good six to nine xg per game because nice. uh, I'm creating quite high high percentage chances nice and Hugh what do you tend to see as your go-to goal I guess would be the question yeah I try to be pretty free free form um unfortunately I probably score most of my goals from cutbacks just because that's what is kind of open mm. I don't like look to try to just jam it to the sideline and just spam driven passes but it's usually more of something along the lines of playing it wide to a fullback and then the center mid or the winger makes a run down the side and like pass it in for him to square it across. So it's not, you know, again, just like getting to the byline and just hoping something happens. But unfortunately with the really compact defenses, sometimes that's all you can do. I do find that long range finesses with the right players still are pretty good. I don't really time my shots, but um, I have like Di Natale and he has the finesse shot trait and he's hit some from, from pretty far away. You know, if you're in the right situation, lots of space, so you're not getting closed down. Um, and especially if the keeper is kind of moving across goal that um, you can still score those fairly reliably, um, you know, with the right players. Mm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, Jakes, what, what about you? Do you just, do we just need to stick on a, a Guardiola or a Bayern tape and, and we'll see? <laughs> no, I mean, I actually, I play like a variety of different stuff at the moment. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. I've played some 4-1-2-1-2 narrow with overlapping fullback. Mm-hmm. I've played 4-3-2-1 with the striker on uh, false nine, still using a version of the 4-5-1, and then even toyed around with like uh, 
four two three one wide a little bit. So it, it varies. I've been like, you know, I'm, I'm. I suppose when I get like frustrated, I decide like I just need to find like a new fun play style or like something to that I'm going to find entertaining to try to like figure out how to make work. Mm. Right. And usually that involves like picking a, a pretty random formation for me. So you know, uh, we're we're trying a bunch of things out. I think the. Uh, four one two and two narrow that I've been using with the overlapping fullbacks has been pretty fun. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a three five two in a way, isn't it? Once yeah, it's like a more aggressive three five two because I mean when I get when I give up goals, I'm getting countered by a player that's playing a four triple two with mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. left attacking mid and right attacking mid on like stay forward, and all of a sudden they're counter attacking with like four on three every time yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My, my question was going to be how do you defend counters like what, what? oh you don't yeah, i was gonna ask what you had on your cd you just got to score it. more yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you, you definitely try to score more than your opponent is yeah. like the whole um idea behind it which is fine and you know fun i i think that's where i enjoy i guess that style in some sense mm. where it's uh i don't know you're trying to do something that feels uh, not like not like four and two and two and four and two and two narrow is like novel or anything but just trying to find something that's like different because mm. i just find like i play against the same type of player so often if i play the same formation over and over and over again the game just gets really stale because it's like when you play these four triple two players or four four two players okay they try to rush it out wide run it up the sideline ball roll scoop turn driven pass to their striker another ball roll scoop turn see if they can score it's mm -hmm. like yeah. what they do there's, there's right? no value in finding a new system isn't it that not mm -hmm. many people use for your own personal enjoyment really isn't yeah it? it's, it's just, just more fun that way nice to play different from everyone else well it's funny you mentioned that, Ashley because it brings you on really nicely to what i was going to talk about myself which is I noticed, and I myself do this too, that defensively, everyone is extremely narrow. And I think this is partly the positioning of players this year, but it's also just people's tactics. They don't tend to go for a particularly high defensive width. And I've been getting quite frustrated, actually, with the game a week or so ago, because as we've sort of been talking about, the kind of meta tactic of having you know two banks of four really tuck in, be very compact defensively and um, set up quickly can be an incredibly difficult thing to break down. Mm. But what I found was with the tactic that I worked on, false nine with the right wing, left wing on stage forward, uh, stay wide as well, and hug sideline, you have a situation where if you're on one side of the pitch uh, in the wide position, whether that's with your fullback, your wingers, or even midfielders, sometimes centre-backs too, you just ping the ball to the other side, the winger on the other side of the pitch. And sometimes you want to use a different modifier because you can use the L1 or LB or R1 or RB to change the trajectory a bit. But it, it does tend to work most of the time just with the regular lobbed pass. But what it means is you're in a situation where if you beat the fullback with your winger, through on goal, potentially, yeah. and you can also go to the byline to cut it back or cut inside uh, the defender for a shot or what happens a lot of time is, is build up with the other players that join in and come across and you create overloads and suddenly you go from really struggling to break defenses down to finding it very easy and in fact you find that players who play that narrow very negative style often are just poor defenders and that's why they're doing it and as soon as you isolate their players one-on-one -on -one, or you start to create those triangles in a bit of space 
it completely takes them apart. And I'm not someone who talks in absolutes normally, but I think it is the best tactic in terms of fun and effectiveness that I've created on the game. Maybe I've gone from not particularly enjoying it because generally the way defense is set up is, is really frustrating to just, yeah, really, really enjoying it and, and having a ton of fun. So I'll put it on Twitter at foot weekly Ben, and it'll already be, I'm sure probably in the tactic bank of the supporter discord. So if you're a gold or above supporter, check it out there maybe talk about it in the future, but uh, we need to wrap up now. So I just thought I'd ask the fun one at the end here from Tom. If you could choose one player to delete from the game entirely, who would it be? And why is it Kimpembe? I feel like Mendy's pretty annoying as well. Not a big fan. Honestly, I think I'd delete Mbappe. Yeah. Kante. Yeah, a lot of French players so far. Hugh, who are you uh, putting forward for this? Yeah, I mean, I got to agree with Mbappe and Kimpembe. You know, they're, they're pretty rough. Most of that PSG team is just uh, mm. quite a pain to face. Um Genoa is really good. I wouldn't delete him because I think it's cool to like have one hero that's like really high tier, but he's one that can be really tough to play against. And yeah, I counted in the 10, I don't know, my like first 10 weekend league games, I counted the uh, number of times that I played against Mbappe. <laughs> Do you want to know how many times it was, Ben? How many times? I think that was seven, six. Uh, I played against Mbappe nine times. Nine. <laughs> and Kimpembe was 10 for what it's worth. So like, that's NA for you, to be fair. I mean, there's no way. I don't think you'd face that many. Because uh, I played for three months in NA a few years back and the, the caliber of team is higher than EU for sure. <laughs> People are, are willing to spend more, I think, over there. But uh, yeah, come over for a little FIFA holiday in the, in the EU. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would be it would probably be interesting yeah, just to no, see it how is interesting, I, I like fared over across the pond. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to say, it, it, like, I didn't enjoy it as much. I mean, it was it's a much more... In NA? Yeah, it's a very um, oh. transactional relationship with the game, I think. And we talked it's about that before. It's high stress all the time. No, no offense to our many, many NA listeners, but... You know. No, I, the, I guarantee you the NA and NA listeners chime in here. I guarantee you they know that. I think there's a lot of people who play FIFA in NA whose only relationship with the sport is FIFA. Mm. So they have absolutely zero interest yeah. in playing in any sort of realistic way. Like all they know about the sport is FIFA. Yeah. 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 yeah they'll watch YouTube videos. They know FIFA and they search, you know, best dribbling technique FIFA. Right. Mm. And then they go out and they just try to master like that one thing that works. Right. It's the same folks that unlike old modern warfare games were like noob tube locations. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you just sort of best went, corner technique FIFA. Yeah. I mean, it just sort of is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously that's none of the listeners who are tuning in. We just like to point that out. Um, Oh, no, 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 time out. Like, I love the listeners. I love the listeners here. But like, you know what you know, right? Yeah, I mean, whenever I play someone who's playing great FIFA in NA, I was always assuming it was a listener. And I'm sure it is. Our listeners are ambassadors for, for good FIFA, which is what we like. <laughs> but I think that's probably time to wrap it up. Thanks to our guests here for coming on. And of course, thank you for coming on the content pod as well, which is the supporter episode this week. If you are a supporter, then do listen on the RSS feed that you can paste into your podcast app or on Patreon where you get the episodes early and ad free and of course those supporter episodes too. If that interests you and you're not yet a supporter, then it's just £3 a month and there's double the podcast, you're supporting the pod, keeping it going, meaning I can put the time into the pod and the community uh, that it really deserves. So if you fancy that, then do head over and just search support Foot Weekly or Foot Weekly Patreon and you'll find information there, including a video uh, of me, which is probably quite strange for some people i'm sure having uh, just listened to the podcast certainly it was quite weird to film uh, but nonetheless it is there and hugh where can people find you if they'd like to catch your content 
Yeah, you can check out my YouTube Hubert with zeros instead of O's. I believe Elite FIFA Guide is also in the name. Um, probably not too many other results if you search for Hubert, though. Um, I hope. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, should be some videos coming soon. Been working on editing one for a while. That's about uh, like kind of a defending type tutorial. That been trying to do something a little different with editing, so it's taking a while. But hopefully, have that up soon. Yeah, nice. Great stuff. And uh, we have also had Matt. Thank you very much for coming on and sharing your gameplay insight. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, pleasure as always. And uh, yes, if you want to catch some of the beautiful possession based um, <laughs> gameplay chat that we've uh, talked about, you can catch me over at twitch.tv slash Trading. Uh, let me know that you're from the, the pod, actually. It's always good to uh, find out who's yeah, uh, yeah. listening to the pod. Uh, always very much appreciated. And you can also catch me on Twitter, also at Trading for all the Team of the Year pack project news. Yeah, good stuff. And thank you very much as well to Japes. As always, been great to have you on this pod. Yes, uh, a pleasure as always. Thank you to the listeners, uh, one for being awesome, but two for letting me vent my FIFA frustrations in a public forum like this. I do indeed appreciate it. And I can't wait to jump back into seasons now. So uh, you won't catch me streaming anytime soon, but you can catch me on Twitter, which is at AirJapes. And you can catch the pod at Foot Weekly Pod. You can catch me at Foot Weekly Ben. If you would like more of the pod, then you can subscribe, of course, and via all the usual podcast platforms. And if you'd like even more, you could become a supporter, as I was saying earlier, over on the Foot Weekly Patreon. Just search Foot Weekly Patreon or Foot Weekly Support. And if you're already supporting, a huge thank you for making the pod possible. And to those icon patrons, Dave B, DJ FIFA Player, Coach Vass, Dougie, Chris W, Hugh J, Steve C, David S., Matt L, George, Alistair, Alan G, Anthony R, Dominic, Rob P, Pobius L, Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Savage P, Eric T, Roger D, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Jake G, Michael P, McCarlin, Springford, Zach O, Dominic G, Ruben D, Kraus, Orion B, Mindor L, Jason O, and Stephen P. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Bread Isle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. Before I leave you, though, just one more thing to add. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, we'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, 
finish it and get started on the next one. Download the app today because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.